Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Ann Friedman. And I'm producer Gina Delvac. On this week's agenda, we're dealing with being tired and cold and extra long distance. We answer listener questions about office politics in a family business, a sisterly dilemma, and the crazy capitalist idea that women should have it all. Oh my god. <laughs> Where do we even begin with this week? I am Oh, that I just woke up when we were supposed to check in an hour ago. Yes. Yeah, and I am sick and we are like many hours apart and navigating the time difference has been impossible. It's the worst. I don't know. Completely. I hi from Berlin. <laughs> I'm in Germany this week. Hello from Brooklyn, where it's disgusting. Um, it's not Germany, but, you know, feels like Germany. <laughs> <laughs> you mean weather-wise? Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very intense place to be right now. I feel like doing a lot of, I would say, a good like 50% of the public museums and institutions have to do with reckoning with repressive and or genocidal regimes and it's like you don't want to ignore all of that stuff I'm like I've never been here I should probably see some of this but it's also like having a negative effect on my general well-being I think to be engaging (laughs) to be like engaging with some of like like this terrible history and like trying to maintain a sense of perspective and a sense of urgency about now I don't know anyway I'm rambling but like it is also a lovely and fun city in many ways but it's sort of it's intense yeah that's fair but at the same time it's like the whole reason we're in this mess is because people don't reckon with history right uh exactly I'm not saying I'm like ignore I mean I'm definitely doing all the stuff but Yeah, or, like, they don't realize that, like, peace and prosperity is hanging by a thread, and uh, we're the luckiest generation in history. But who knows? Um, Now we have, like, a Twitter-addicted maniac as our president, so don't worry. By the time you come back, everything will be awesome here. (laughs) Don't don't you actually think that, like, if previous, like, generations' um, despotic leaders had had Twitter, they would be super into it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, 100%. You know, like, yeah. that's, uh, that's fair. It's like, th- that's like step one on the Tyrant checklist is like a bypass traditional media. Exactly. And in the past, it was like leaflets only. And now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's totally crazy. I, um, I was talking to someone the other day who was like, maybe like social media would have prevented like some of the worst like genocides that we've had or like the Holocaust or whatever. And I was like, have you heard of the Rwandan genocide? Literally enabled by like shortwave radio. Radio. By radio. Yeah. I was like, no, no. Don't put the technology in the mix. Like the technology can be good and it can be bad, but, uh, it's all about how you use it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a shock. I mean, I don't know. I'm always shocked when, um, 
when people think that, I mean, like, yes, technology changes a lot of, like, radically changes many kind of smaller life things. Like, yeah, like being a tourist or be, me being in a city I don't know, Google Maps, very helpful. It's a different experience. But, like, in terms of changing the course of, I don't know, someone trying to topple a democracy, like, uh, that seems a little less proven to me. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> you know? it's a little nuts. But, you know, we're all adjusting to this <laughs> new world. I know, order. how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I just, like, am in the middle of a move, and I uh, generally, like, very distracted and uh, not on top of my game, so... I'm the reason that this episode sounds like weird today. <laughs> it's not what we were supposed to be doing. But at the same time, you know what? I felt bad for exactly 17 seconds. And I was like, no, I do not feel bad. I am tired and I'm glad I slept in. It's fine. This is a podcast rooted in reality. And right now our realities are like we are cold and underslept and navigating time zones and like sick and a little bit chaotic. Totally. Also, I need to tell you, my like last sublet in this move is so sick. It's so nice that it's like I slept in and then I woke up in this like very nice apartment and I was like, where am I? This is great. <laughs> this is great. And then I was like, oh, I shirked all my responsibilities this morning. Snap out of it. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm having this opposite experience where I'm staying in an Airbnb that like, you know how sometimes they have like a professional photographer come and shoot the place. It looked very nice on the internet. And it's not that it's not nice, but it's like once you scratch a level beneath the surface, everything tends to fall apart. Like the kitchen sink, the tap literally fell over like <laughs> off of Are you thing. living in construction and right now? <laughs> Listen, I know. Okay. And so, so not only that, the apartments on either side of me are undergoing what appears to be major renovations. And every morning at 7 a.m., a team of very loud men speaking very loud German and banging on the walls has been my wake up call, which when you couple that with the museums. Did you know this to, when you rented this apartment? Oh, no. Trust me. I've already gotten a steep discount for every night because this was not disclosed. And I'm like, I'm only staying here out of like laziness because my bags are so big. I don't want to move again. But it's kind of like going back to being in my really early 20s where like all the knives are dull and like <laughs> there's not enough furniture. <laughs> it feels there's like literally right now there's a hula hoop hanging on the wall. I'm like, I don't even know. Oh my like God. This was not pictured in the, Berlin. So it's like being in my early 20s when all the <laughs> knives were dull. I'm like, accurate. <laughs> So I'm trying to roll with it, but like in truth, I'm like a much more particular kind of like grumpy old lady than I usually care to admit. And this is drawing out all of those tendencies. Now I'm like living in the height of like Brooklyn condo luxury right now. And I'm very oh, happy. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. It is ridiculous. Oh my God. There's a part of me that's like, can we just walk away from recording anything right now? I want to jump back in bed. <laughs> Being lazy is its own problem. Oh, boy. I mean, being able to jump back in bed is a great luxury to be appreciated whenever you can. However, it's a weekday. It's a weekday. But you know what? When you're your, when you're your own boss, every day is a weekday. <laughs> it's true. But also every weekend is potentially a weekday, too. That's the problem. <laughs> um, it's funny. Like, yeah. And to your point about, like, not ex especially wanting to be doing this today, like, someone... Uh, someone was asking me, I went to this journalist conference last week and someone was like, what is the real secret of the success of your podcast? And I was like, honestly, I think part of it is that we just fucking do it every week. <laughs> like we don't like, you know, we like don't really, I mean, yeah, we, we like, 
you know, do some things in advance or whatever, but mostly it's like, we just show up. And I think this is definitely like we've showed up week. Oh my God. Yeah. This is, this is not a cute look. Okay. Do, do you want to use our favorite content crutch and take some listener questions? Yes. Oh my God. The best. Well, okay. To be, to be fair to the content, some of these questions are flames right now. <laughs> I know, you're right. I'm sorry, that was an insult um, to the very like difficult and thorny questions that we get sent regularly. All right, do you want me to read this one? Yes, please. Okay. All right, after a rough week for all of us, I have a question regarding politics in the office. I work with my parents in our family business, dad, president, mom, vice president, me, biz dev director, which is... <laughs> I would I, I mean, would stage a mutiny. I'm like, I want to be king of this. If we're working with family, this is ludicrous. It's 100% true. I'd be like, how do I take over the presidency? Anyway, okay. Sorry. Now back to the actual letter. Sometimes it's difficult to tell when we're reading the letter and when it's like side commentary. So, Okay. And she continues, which is in a male-dominated field, plumbing and construction. My mom and I love Hillary, donated to the campaign, spoke with neighbors and friends who liked the cheese fart, trying to get them to change their minds, etc. Almost everyone else in the office slash business loves the giant orange toddler, including my dad. Don't get me started. They're all white, 50 years or older, trash-talking Dems and Dem leaders, raving about him and his people, and it's driving me and my mom up the wall. These people also see a customer name who they see as different, and they call them terrorists. Anytime, anytime they hear of a shooting, they say, was the shooter a black kid, etc. I don't know if I can handle four or hopefully not more years of this. Any advice on how to navigate this? It is hard enough being one of the only young people in the business, especially being a woman who is one of the bosses with people who don't take me seriously because of my gender. But now I have to deal with this. Oof. I hope this email makes sense. I'm losing my mind. I'm just like, hmm. I look like that thinking face emoji right now. <laughs> chin stroke emoji. Yeah, totally chin stroke emoji. Mm. One thing that leaps out to me about this is like, this is not, this is clearly based on the specifics and the examples she gives here. Not a new problem, like since election day. Right, um, like it's not like Trump has brought to the fore these new problems you used to have with these people. Like, it seems like some of these things are pretty timeless, racist, like, xenophobic stuff. You know what I mean? Like, not exactly. I mean, which I guess slippery, a lot of Slippery slope, and Slippery slope. I know, I know. I mean, I was just about to say, though, that, like, that's a lot of... I mean, I act, she doesn't actually say whether this is something that they've been saying aloud in recent days or whether they always said this stuff aloud. But it seems to me, like, regardless, like, these are the people you work with and the new president has not changed that. I know, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record on this podcast, but questions like this are really hard for me to hear from white women specifically because, um, and this is not to like blame anybody in particular. I just think that like, uh, there is always a price to pay for standing up. Like that's just, that's just how like life is, you know, whether it is standing up to, the VP of your company, which is your mom or the president of your company, which is your dad, or it's standing up to like people who are bullies at the playground or whatever. It's that like you have to do the the hard work of doing that. And so it's not me like copping out from answering this question, but there is a part of me that is just like eye roll. That is the reason that we are in a lot of these situations is because 
people don't see early warning signs and they don't speak up. And even, and even after they see them, they're very reluctant to just say, this is bad behavior and say it no matter what the price is. Yeah. And I think the thing that to, to me, sorry, really not to sound hate. like a broken record on this podcast. No, you don't. About this I mean, it's a particular issue. <laughs> It does sound broken, but that's because like what you're addressing is broken. But like to continue to say it is necessary because like obviously this is a woman who listens to our podcast and like didn't make the connection between things you've said earlier and her own situation. So keep saying it. I think it's really interesting that she identifies herself as one of the bosses, even though she's worried about people taking her seriously. Clearly, like she's in a leadership role here. And so, I mean, a lot of this seems like maybe feelings like I feel like they already don't take me seriously I like I feel like I shouldn't have to deal with this it's like actually if you're in a position of power and people in your office are saying things that are like I don't know openly racist maybe you are in a position to change that like not just in terms of complaining to them as a coworker, but clarifying that like as a company policy it's not okay to say that stuff like that's an okay thing to do in a private business like I know in this era that is like a controversial thing to say um, you know, two people who love our new president. <laughs> but like you you can in a private place of work right? be like, it's like yeah. maybe if all of these so called terrorists stop shopping from you, like let's see where that is nets out for your business. Yeah. It's like, do you want your customers knowing what you call them? Is that an okay thing to do? Like in many ways I think this would be like a trickier question if she's like oh, I'm a low-level employee and I've already said something and no one listens to me. Like, she's like, I'm one of the bosses, you know? And, like, one of one, one of the other bosses, her mom, presumably agrees with her. So, like, to me, that's like, you know, unless President Dad outweighs them all, which, like, mm, I don't know what the situation is there in this family business, but, like, it seems like... I'm not, I'm not trying to talk shit about family <laughs> businesses, but, like, seems to me like that is usually the dynamic. It's true, <laughs> but I'm like, you, you, two of three bosses actually taking a stand and being like this is not this is like not an okay perspective to air in our business is like seems 100% reasonable to me and maybe you're losing your mind because you know what you should do and you're not doing it right now like that's the other thing yeah I completely agree with that I was like there's there are very clear things that you could do and um I'm not going to tell you what they are because I'm tired of educating people, but mostly also these things are not rocket science. Like, you know exactly what you should be doing. If you don't know, do a Google. It's like, what do you say when people say offensive things at work? I am sure there are many strategies. There's going to be like a million bulleted lists on medium telling you how to deal with this. No, totally. It's like people, people already know what the deal is. People have to stop counting on other people to be brave for them. Like you have to do what you're supposed to be doing. Like we are living in, we are living in this like very like pivotal time right now. It's very critical that everybody like pulls their fucking weight. Otherwise, like, you know, we're going to be in like really very weird history documentaries and everybody will be trying to rewrite like what their contribution was to like this time in like history. This listener is like situated in a very unique position in that even if she can't like talk to the employee, she can talk to her dad. You should like, I have taken a lot of heat on this show for saying that like, if your families are trash, you should tell them to their face. But like, I will keep saying that. It's like, this is not an okay thing to do. And it's not an okay thing to say. And you are the front line and the firewall for that. And you should take the heat. Like, that's just how You know, works. the other interesting thing that's happening, like as we move out of election mode and into this 
new dystopian reality is like, you know, she mentions in here that she and her mom tried to get these people to change their minds, like presumably like during the campaign. And I'm like, you know, this idea that you were somehow like convincing people to not vote for a candidate anymore is, is not correct. Our role is to not allow the ideas that that candidate espouses to become normalized or accepted. And I think that, like, actually, in a weird way, this is an easier thing to do than persuade someone to vote differently. Like, all this data says you can't persuade, like, someone who is deeply entrenched on the other side to vote differently. Like, probably not. But you know what you can do as, like, a a boss in a business is say, you are not allowed to speak that way in this business. Otherwise, like, you're fired. You can do that as a private business owner. That's right. Or you can also quit and you can tell your local paper about the shit that's going on at the company that you used to work at. Or you can, you know what I mean? There's like many, 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 like that is obviously the nuclear option, but it's like there are many things that you can do. <sighs> I'm like, this is the, like these questions just like break my heart because I, I'm just like white women, you gotta, you gotta do your part. You gotta do your yeah. part. And the, like, there, there is no evidence to me right now that like things are happening. So that it like it's very concerning. right. And set a new bar. The bar is not how can you get these employees to change their minds. That's not the bar you set. Like how can you get your like racist dad to change his mind? That's not the bar you set. The bar you set is like what do I communicate to these people is acceptable. <laughs> like 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 that's what you have to do. It's like do these people understand that none of what they're doing and saying is acceptable? Like that's the bar you should be trying to cross. Not like can I change minds? Like seriously. Totally. Um, I'm like I'm not I'm not trying to change hearts and minds. I'm just trying to change bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I was going to tell you that this also reminds me of like it's kind of a tangent. It's a I've been watching all of the videos of like people who are going on these like racist pro Trump tirades. Like there was the woman in the Michael store who like Oh my god, started, I started You know, she's like the new I was told by Apple Care, but she was like mad about like a dollar in a Michael like a bag in a Michael store and then she's like I voted for Trump, so you're going to kick me out and then the guy who was like in the Delta plane and I'm like, so you're telling me that the last eight years I could have been yelling about Obama this whole time? Like, these racist people are crazy and they live in a very, like, they just live in a different reality than we're living in. <laughs> Victor, the victim mentality is real. Like, the victim mentality is, like, very real. I'm like, you guys have everything now. You have everything. It's fine. Like, what are you so upset about? You have the Congress. You have the presidency. You're probably the state that you live in. The governor is a... Republican, like, what are you so mad about? If I could answer that question, I... Well, I actually, I don't know. <laughs> Weirdly, like, I am, like, resistant to, like, actually finding out the answer to that question. It's sort of like, it's like the upside down. It's like, what happens if you so fully understand, like, like go to a world where that mentality makes sense? I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm like, now I have, like, 25 days to yell about Obama. So I plan on fully taking... <laughs> oh my god yeah like ultimate victim mentality like anytime anything goes wrong like your wi-fi is down and you're like is this because i'm an obama Obama voter (laughs) yeah yeah. i'm just like uh that this is what's gonna happen i'm gonna be like i'm sorry an extra dollar for uh avocado at chipotle i don't think so (laughs) 
you can't. You can't do this to me because I voted Obama. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Okay. I don't know that we're actually going to answer this, but I think that we should read this question anyway. <laughs> because we've been privately lolling about it. <laughs> it. Yeah. It's like the minute we read it, like we just didn't know what to make of it. So here, let's read it. Hi, girlfriends. I would love your take on my predicament. I have a suspicion based on gut instincts and a few odd slash random conversations and situations that leads me to believe that my sister's husband is either cheating on her or has in the past. I have no proof. (laughs) (laughs) Key sentence. I have no proof. My sister and I are very close about most things, but have lived in different cities for the past 10 years on and off. So I don't know their day to day. (laughs) She has recently moved back to town and I again, I'm picking up on a gut instinct. How do I approach this? Should I ask her outright if they're okay? I don't want to give her something to worry about if it's nothing, but I do want to ask her if she's okay. Oh my God. I can't even. This question I can't has even been with this question. stressing me out for weeks. I think that you, this listener answered her own question when she said, I have no proof. Also based on a gut instinct. Can you right? imagine sitting down with your sister and being like, I have a gut instinct that your partner is cheating on you. Based on a gut instinct, I'm going to blow up your marriage and all of our relationships. Here's the thing that I'll say. It's not like clearly this like thing is vague and we don't know what the like actual conversations are that she's had with the husband, you know, so it's like there still needs to be like a little bit of context. But I will say this. If you have no proof, you like cannot go accusing people. And also it is not mutually exclusive for you. Like, you can find out if your sister is okay without, like, blowing up her marriage. (laughs) Right, without being like, so, are you and your husband okay? Like, you can ask that question in a way that is not leading or weird or implying that that you do not know. Yeah, it's like, what is going on with you? And, like, allow her to open herself up to you but just know that like if you go fishing (laughs) this is potentially like a really big trouble right and it's also just like putting a doubt in someone's mind like where maybe it shouldn't be so like i think that like if you want to catch up with your sister catch up with your sister if the husband had said some things that are shady to you you can ask him directly to elaborate for you talk to that person you have a relationship with them but you know, I think that, like, the way that you approach it is really important. Yeah. Mm. I just lo- I just love that. I love that I have no proof part of it. I also like- think we should say for listeners who can't read this that I have no proof is its own paragraph. <laughs> like, it's set apart from everything else. It's like, yeah, it's kind of important. <laughs> no, it's totally true. You know, and also, like, I don't want, um, I don't want to minimize the the gut feeling of, like, something is wrong because a lot of times there is something there. But I don't know that that's something is specific. I think that clearly there is um, there's a lot of like wanting to reconnect with her sister in this and like knowing what's wrong with her and confirming that everything is okay. I just think that 
there are ways to have this conversation and there are ways not to have this conversation. Right. Just be a friend to your sister and not try to like sniff out the truth. Totally. Because here's the other thing too. It's like, like maybe they are having problems and if they are, it's like, you know, you have to give people space to, to tell you like how they're doing instead of like pouncing on them and thinking that like, that's a story for you as well. So I think that the best thing that you can do is being there for her is listening to her and like constantly checking in to see if she's okay. You know, like in regard to her whole life, not just her marriage. And you know, if there's something there, she'll open up to you. Truth. Okay. We have one more question. Yes. Okay. Question is, I was wondering if you had any tips for balancing life and work. And to bring up the age-old question, can women really have it all? Oh, sorry, I'll keep reading. Some background. I'm a senior in college trying to balance a full-time class load, a part-time job, me time, a new boyfriend, time with my family, current friends, new lady friends, and an internship. Just typing it is overwhelming. Is it even possible or does something have to give? Wow. (laughs) I rolled my eyes all the way back to space. (laughs) And I'm like, back now. Having it all is a lie, as you would say, from the pit of hell. Yes. Like, sold to women so that we'll feel bad about ourselves all the time and work harder for capitalism. Totally. (laughs) This is how I feel. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, can women have it all? No, because that's the bullshit capitalist construct. Can you have everything that you want in life? Maybe if you, what you want is realistic <laughs> and having it all is what happens when like market forces combine with powerful, outdated gender norms to say like, you should really want to fully devote yourself to both of these things completely and do it without failing. And perfectionism isn't a lie. And, and, and like that is, oof. I see like those three words together, have it all. And I'm just like, run. <laughs> Here's run. also what I will say. All of life is a balancing act. You know, it's uh, you're a senior in college. I know that this workload seems overwhelming. Just wait till you get into the real world <laughs> and, it, you know, and like dynamic shift and it gets even more. It's like, I, I totally understand that like you want to be present in all of the parts of your life and whatever, but you know, it's just like life can be overwhelming for seasons and in some seasons it's okay. One of my favorite answers about this like work-life balance thing was uh, Shonda Rhimes when she said that you just basically have to accept that you're going to drop the ball at some points in your life. And she's like, listen, when I'm killing it on the set of Grey's Anatomy, it means that like I'm not watching my daughter swim. And when I'm playing with my kids, it means that I'm not getting back to Ellen Pompeo about like X, Y, Z. I'm like heavily paraphrasing. But like yeah. that was basically the gist of it. And I was like, you know what? Like, thank you. This is just real. Is that like sometimes you have to be more present in some areas of your life than others. Like you're never going to have full equilibrium. Like literally nobody has that. Not even in like the romantic comedy fantasy garbage that like like having it all comes from. You just have to be okay with the choices that you make and like be present for the things that matter to you. Yeah. And also just feel comfortable with the or, or find a way to get comfortable with the fact that like probably you are never going to meet your aspirations in every corner of your life at all times. And so that feeling of like, oh my God, my to-do list is full of stuff. And I feel like I'm neglecting these three relationships and I haven't had any time to myself like in a week, that feeling of like, oh my God, all of it is falling apart is like, 
yeah, that is a life feeling. <laughs> it's like a perpetual <laughs> feeling. And so like the sooner you can be like, okay, like, yeah, but I'm going to do this thing right now. Or like, yeah, because I haven't gotten to these six things yet. Or like, I haven't hit inbox zero ever. Oh my God. I'm so anti. Oh, zero. I, I haven't hit inbox it. zero since 2013. Like exactly. that's when I let go of that goal. It's fine. It's like, it's all a flow. I'm like, as long as there's turnover in the inbox, I don't worry about it. <laughs> and that's like how I feel about all these pressures, right? As long as there's turnover, like as long as you're kind of like making progress on all fronts it's like it's okay and I think also like it, it was not Shonda but like another another power lady when posed um this question was like you can have it all you just can't have it all at the same time um and yeah, so I, think I think it was Shonda oh my god thank you Shonda for everything so yeah just being like okay well right now I can't have that thing but Maybe I can have that tomorrow or totally. in three weeks or in three years. And also like all of these questions are always born out of comparison and comparison is a thief of joy. It's like, don't assume that you know from other people's lives that like they have it all together, or that they know what's like going on. Everybody struggles with this stuff. And the more that you like move on the adulthood ladder, like the more you will actually struggle with this. So right. so what we're saying is it doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get better. But yeah. also like that's totally okay. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. do as much as you can. Have fun every day. Live your life like everything will be okay. There also, was like a think- really there was a really good tweet about this like a meme. Like I have to find it now was like some girl who like just I don't it like looked horrendous and like the gist of her tweet was like uh this is me trying to like pay my bills talk to my parents every night <laughs> just like a college student like drama and I was like this is so real I I will find it and put it on the CYG Twitter but it was hilarious please do please uh, do okay so in more posy news we have an exciting merch update. There are a few new things available for pre-order that are up in our shop, um, which is just at callyourgirlfriend.com backslash shop. We have re-upped on Shine Theory buttons, so pre-order as many as you want. We've also got brand new laptop stickers with the Shine Theory logo. They are very, very cool and would look so good on on your laptop or notebook if you're analog. Um, And we also have the bleed stickers, um, you know, solidarity flea, with with free bleeders everywhere. Um, super cute. And finally, we have these amazing cozy sweatshirts with the CYG logo. They're in like a heathered evergreen. Um, they are like the perfect Christmas gift. And if you pre-order them quickly, like within the next week, we can have them to you in time for Christmas. So mega stocking stuffers, if you do that, slash like really easy little things to send your besties and tell them that you care about them in this period of difficulty. Um, anyway, that's callyourgirlfriend.com slash shop and get your pre-order on. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on iTunes, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us callyrgf at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, look up that link for yourself, or on Instagram at callyrgf. Please don't send us Instagram messages. We don't look at them. And uh, yeah, (laughs) you can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by Gina Delvac. 